podcast was started as a supplement for my daily creative newsletter on Substack called The Honest Creative. Find more at honestcreative.substack.com. That's honestcreative.substack.com. This will be a super exciting interview for you to listen to. I talked with Jenezer Kalingov, who is a good friend of mine. He lives in Germany and operates an online business with his wife, helping digital artists monetize their art. Jenny and I discussed a bunch of topics, but mainly his story of taking a loan from his father and building seven businesses in seven months. You'll enjoy that one. Why Pinterest is a great tool for marketing and a very underappreciated one too. You'll also learn about how Jenny got on Pat Flynn's podcast and how to build a loyal community of people from scratch by focusing on one loyal fan at a time. I'm sure you'll love this episode. And in case you do, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a nice review. And no matter what happens, keep creating. Enjoy. I like to start somewhat unconventional. So let me start with this. What do you do today? Give us a rough outline of your day today. So in terms of a job or in terms of... In, in terms of anything, like I'm, I'm just a bit obsessed with how people spend their days. <laughs> well, my day was about having interviews actually for a job because I'm looking for clients. And on the same, at the same time, I think about a nine to five. I'm still figuring things out because I have to restructure everything in the online business, which we have. So, yeah, I'm... <laughs> figuring things out right now. Oh, I mean, that, that's fine. I think that a lot of people are going through something similar, especially after the pandemic and the COVID and everything yeah. that's happening in the world. But you mentioned an online business. Could you elaborate mm-hmm. on what you guys do? Yeah, sure. Well, for now, <laughs> what we are doing now is called House of Creators. Uh, this is actually a long time dream that we had because uh, my wife, I, I do it together with my wife uh, because we were both kind of artists, but we didn't get into art too much, but we got more into business. And yeah, so we came back to art and had a lot of attempts in online business, but in the end, we got to this house of creators and this business is about helping artists, so uh, digital artists in general, to create an online business around their art. And, and you mentioned that you were an artist with your wife. What kind of artist is that? Did, um, did you paint? Did you dance? <laughs> uh, we, we were like... I, she was she was drawing traditionally like with like always and with a brush getting, and with a canvas yes yes okay. uh, and I was getting more into digital art because I was interested in um, games and entertainment movies and stuff like that this is why I um, started all of this and started to learn it so like it, it, officially I can't say I was an artist because I wasn't working in the art industry but I was okay. learning it and I was doing it for a long time so I consider myself and my wife an artist because we did it for a long time but for ourselves not for our work that's really interesting not for an income so so you guys were I mean so you were basically a game designer right so you were designing games you were designing illustrations for games can, can I call it that way yeah, it, it, it's one 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 
space of it, but I was more focused on character design at okay. one point, but I was also interested in architecture visualization. So I had a lot of niches where I was interested and I was like, I wasn't doing it professionally. I was learning it to get into the industry. I also wanted to go to university, but then yeah, university was like, too much stuff that I don't need because they had like econo economics and I was like, I want to learn art, not economics. <laughs> and like, yeah. So I decided to learn it on my own, but then yeah, a lot of things happened. Why didn't you drop out and pursue an art degree? Because the I pursued a degree, which I really liked, and it wasn't a degree for a job. It was Chinese studies, so uh, oh, wow. it was actually, yeah, it was some, something that I really loved. That's why I couldn't drop out, because I was interested in what I was doing, but apparently it wasn't for my future job. And that is why I wanted to pursue art. Um, at that point, it was industrial design after my first bachelor's degree. But then I married and we moved into our own apartment. And then, yeah, it kind of was about making more money for living, like having food on the table, you know? Right, and, right. Yeah. I mean, in you're married. I mean, uh, I, I don't often talk to people like my age. You're 24, right? Uh, I'm 26 now. 26, okay, slightly yeah. older than me. But yeah. I, I don't often talk to like 20-year-olds that are married, especially like in the, in the Western world. Like, could you, I mean, if you're comfortable, could you a little bit talk about that, how, how, how that came to be? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Just very briefly. It's, it's pretty unusual, that's true. But I'm like, well, if I found my second half, why not marrying her, you know? So we knew each other for a long time now, I think six, six or seven years or so. And yeah, then we, uh, we studied, she, she studied in Germany another, in another uh, part of Germany, like North Germany. I studied in South Germany, but at some point we were like, yeah, let's meet. And I saw her like in real, before my eyes. And I was like, that's everything I want. Why not marry her? <laughs> and yeah, and then 10 months later, 10 months later, she was my wife. That's and not amazing. my wife, not my that's wife, amazing. not my wife, my, my fiance. <laughs> Your fiance. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's amazing, guys. I mean, it sounds like you have love at first sight. I mean, uh, uh, that's amazing. But I mean, one of the first stories that you told me when we connected was about you building seven businesses in seven months. Yeah. Uh, like, I really think that's an amazing story. Uh, could you share with our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, that was actually my journey, how I came into all of the freelancing and at the same time in the online business world, because I learned about it for five years or so now. So I learned about it in the first year of university already on the side. And like, I, I learned a ton about it, like so much. I, I At some point it was like, I, I know this, I know this, I know this. And I was like, I think it's time to start. And this was also the point where I got fired. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. and what was and the job? Was, the job was digital marketing. It okay. was a, in a digital marketing agency, but yeah, fired because it, it was, yeah, it, it was a hard time. <laughs> yeah, because it was, my mother was in the hospital and okay. I wanted to take all my vacation that I had. It was like 25 days in a row. Mm -hmm. And my, and my boss was like, 
dude, you can't do that. And I'm like, why not? And he's like, you're fired. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that, that was a short conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like uh, on the next day, yo, here, you're fired. I'm like, okay. And then I was like, okay, then it's a blessing in disguise. It's time to start. And this is where I got into this journey because you can plan a ton. But like I planned for two years because I knew all of this. I wanted to start. It just came with the being fired. But then everything was you so planned, different. You planned starting a business. So, I mean, you were yeah. learning about it in the theory, but yeah. not in practice. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I learned for five years and for two years I was planning it. I was really, I had my business plan, writing everything down, what content I want to create, where I want to create, what SEO keywords, blah, blah, blah. Everything was okay. just laid off. It was perfect. And then I started and it was something completely different. Uh, but I was like, okay, why don't you start? And it was actually in the end because of my wife. I planned something completely different. I wanted to start House of Creators, actually, but from the art perspective, not from the marketing perspective. And then my wife was like, yo, look at that, uh, travel photography. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like, I like photography. We were photographers anyway. And I was like, okay, our Instagram is going good. Why not starting travel photography website? So this was actually our first business, which were in the end three businesses, which we also failed uh, because one of them was a blog and affiliate marketing and an online uh, course, so an online business. So you had three, three businesses in the very beginning. You had the photography website, yeah. I had the online course, and uh, yeah. the blog with affiliate marketing, and they all failed. Yeah. And what, what yeah. were the main reasons? Uh, why uh, did they fail? Because I dropped them. And because I... Uh, you weren't patient enough? Yeah, I wasn't okay. patient enough because I actually I, I started out. And the first thing that I did wrong is uh, I focused like three months. I was building my website instead of creating content. This was like the biggest mistake I made. And... But then it took really off because like I used Pinterest and I had traffic, I had everything. And I had already after three weeks, my first like income, like it was a little, but it was like, oh dude, I'm making income from online. I, I, this is possible. <laughs> and yeah, you know, uh, but in my head it was like, I'm, a, I'm like, it's not too much. And this is what was like, I thought it would be more, but I should be more happy about how much it was and that it actually happened. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that every content creator, like an online entrepreneur story can be brought down to this very moment when yeah. you made your first dollar or dime online. Yeah. I remember um, when last fall, I made 10 cents on Medium. That was my first paycheck from Medium, 10 cents, 0.1. And I remember when I was like, okay, I made 10 cents. I just made my first money online. And the 10 cents, there's $1. Where, where there's $1, there's $100 <laughs> and so forth. Yeah. I mean, you can, if you made like any amount of money, it just doesn't matter, any amount of money, you know that you can scale that and make more. So just the mere fact that you made some amount of money yeah. is already um, a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, but that was also my mistake because I was like, I should have been valuing it. So, so my thoughts back then should have been, this is amazing. I have to push through. It's possible. But I was like, it's too 
no, it's it's not big enough. I, I want more. And this was my mistake because I wasn't. I, I was waiting too long. And yeah, I saw. I kind of dropped it and pursued a freelance career then. But also with this uh, website, I pursued the freelance career in the uh, more in the online marketing and social media marketing space, but still in the travel niche. So it was social media marketing and content creation. So this was like the fourth business, I think, or so. And it also took off. But then... I'm sorry. And and when you say um, that the blog was in the travel niche, what kind of content did you create there? We had a blog for traveling. We had a travel blog. We had a marketing blog. Did you write about your travels or about other people's travels? Yeah, Yeah, about ours. About your travel. So you just traveled around the world and you wrote about it and you sent traffic and you uh, wanted to make money on affiliates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and on uh, our course, which we created at that time, but it took some time. So we started out with affiliate marketing. And the third blog was a photography blog because we were photographers and like, yeah. And I wanted to combine all of that because I wanted to teach really travel content creators to make money, not from clients for which, for, for who they take photos or so, or for a boss or something, but to make money from online, from okay. affiliate marketing, for example. This was the goal, uh, but it was not... W- I wasn't thinking enough and it confused me in the end because I combined so many niches and in the end people didn't really understand what I mean with what I was doing but that was a big lesson for me because I learned how to how to how to tell people my unique unique selling proposition you know Okay And yeah then I I was more into freelancing mm-hmm. and I had like then I had, I think, three freelance businesses going on where I tried and it didn't work out. But again, only because I didn't pursue too long because I was like, okay, it doesn't bring me any results. It's not effective enough. I have to move <laughs> on. Like, you know, I was, I was really like, uh, at that time I was working 12 to 14 hours a day and I was like pushing through and my, I, I was moving with speed of light and that was just too fast that was really just too fast it's interesting Uh, do you think that if you pursued uh one of your seven businesses and went all in on that and instead of making seven businesses in seven months you decided to make one business in seven months do you think you would have been more successful 100 percent so patience is the only factor okay yeah okay that's interesting being grateful for what you get so much <laughs> because if i think now back my idea of travel content helping travel content creators was so good and like i made money in the first three weeks that is like not even like people are like you can make money online and i'm like three weeks later i'm making money online so that like you, you know if, if yeah. i think about it in the future that was that was success guaranteed yeah yeah like it's it seems to me that a lot of people who start making money online early like and in, in your early 20s or anything and because you're i mean all people are usually very impatient in their early 20s but generally i think that people lack perspective that come on in there's no area in the world where you can make like 
money in three weeks by just starting doing yeah. something with like no physical assets whatsoever. And like medium, like when people, I'm, I'm sorry to say that bitch about medium, like <laughs> they, they, they don't understand that medium is like the only platform out there where you can make money with your words online and just make it your first three months, like to mm-hmm. make any decent amount of money on your blog, like with an affiliate marketing, like you need to promote it like for a year, maybe more like on medium, you can make it instantly. Like it, you can hit, hit a viral post, like in, in one month. And it's not only about medium. I think it's like about online business in general, people like perspective. They forget that, um, things typically take a lot of time and that this thing doesn't take as much time as those other yep. things out there. Yeah. The comparison is just incredible. Like really, if you just think about it, how much time would it take you? Like, for example, if you have a nine to five, how much time would it take you to get a raise of, yeah. let's say, five dollars? And how much time would it take it if you would um, scale your online business and like getting a raise of five dollars per hour? Like if you yeah. have an online business, you can have a raise of like ten thousand dollars in yeah. maybe three, four, five, six months, two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So, but what what did you end up doing? Uh, how, how did that happen? I mean, you guys are now doing online coaching and online courses. Yeah. And <laughs> for how long have you been doing that? I think actually for half a year now. Six months. Yeah. Okay. Six about six months. Yeah, and okay. it, it 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 was. I, I think it was just coincidence. Like, I, I don't believe in coincidences, but this situation was like, I was in this travel business. Uh, we were uh, together with my wife, Lada. We were Pinterest marketers and content creators. And we pitched travel brands like hotels, travel agencies, uh, tr- social media agencies who, who help travel agencies. And... It actually, it actually took off because like we were the best. <laughs> we were literally I think we, we're still the best Pinterest marketers in the whole German speaking region. <laughs> and I, I we just pitched everybody and then one company answered and it was the company that was the third or fifth best company in the whole German speaking company and agency which helped so many travel brands and they were so big and they were like oh you're doing a pictures marketing we don't know anything about it come to our event and they were like yeah let's collaborate and we were like this is going just perfectly and then corona came oh my god oh my god Uh, how did corona affect you well, the agency you couldn't, said you couldn't go out and pitch clients. We had this we had this agency who had everything laid off for us, though, so okay. they would bring us clients in the travel okay. niche, and we were like, "This is just perfect." And like two weeks or so after we talked to them, or three weeks, Corona came. So of course, nobody came to us and said, "Hey, let's collaborate and stuff like that." And we were like, "Okay." Travel niche, Germany is going down. We have to shift our focus right now or we will just have no food. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, coming back to your story about seven businesses in seven months, yeah. I think I think it's an amazing story because even though uh, you didn't succeed in any of your seven businesses, it's a great learning experience, right? Yes. And I mean, you are where you are right now because you did that. And uh, I think that's a great way like to spend your time instead of going to business school. Like if there's an alternative to like going to business school, it's this like 
take 10 businesses, 12 businesses, and just do it in 10 to 12 months and just see what happens. You learn a whole deal and uh, you understand yourself, you understand what you like, you understand what works and what doesn't. But, and yeah, I mean, you learned like the most important lesson probably <laughs> in online business is that like things take time, just give it patience, don't be too greedy. But when we talked before we hit record, you also told me about taking a loan from your father. <laughs> was that on your business that you're doing it right now or was it for one of the seven businesses? It was on the travel content creation business because I focused more on online business rather than freelancing back then. Okay. And I was like, okay, I, ha I was fired. I don't have any money. Like I have money left for one month, but I know that I can do it. I know that I can make it fly. And, but in Germany, you couldn't take a loan if you don't have a full-time job. Like yeah. even if you're a freelancer, you won't get yeah. any loans here, I think. Yeah. And my dad was like, I can take your loan. Okay. Uh, you, you can take a loan through me for a bank. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> like is, is, our parents, like, you know that our parents are like, never, I, I'll never help you. Like Soviet parents are like, go do this shit on your own and you'll be better after that. And yeah. this was the first time where he was like, I'll help you. And I was like, what? What? Why, why, why did he do that? I think it wasn't on purpose because he didn't think that I will really do it. And then I, was, I wasn't even considering doing it actually, but then I talked with Flada and I talked with my mama and was like, why did he say that? And she was like, if he said that, just do it. You, you, you nailed him down. You nailed down his words. Just do it. And I was like, yeah, maybe I should try it because I, can, I know how to make it fly. And I was like, okay, I take a loan. And he was like, no, I won't do it. And then my mom was like, you said you will get him a loan. So get him a loan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Was it a big and, loan though? Yeah, it was like, I think 5,000 euro back then. So okay. for, for living in Germany. Where like six we months lived, of living expenses? Yeah, four months, I think. Four, four months, months, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also made after that some money. And this was my, my, I had this pressure of like, we have, I have to give back his loan and I can't fail. So this is also the reason why I was working so, so much. Okay. But in the end that I was uh, working too much and not taking breaks to really think about strategy and where I'm going and like evaluating what, what happened made me fail also because I didn't take breaks. So this is so crazy. Not taking breaks make, made me also fail. And it was, it, was, it was a hard situation because at first he wanted to give me the loan, but he didn't want to give me the loan. But he, I saw that he wanted to help me, but he was fighting inside. Like, I want to help him but I don't want to lend him money. And so right. this was a, a, a very hard situation, you know? And it's, it's interesting that you mentioned breaks. So you didn't take breaks and you think that that's one of the reasons why you failed during those seven months. Because why? Because you lacked perspective and you were just hustling mindlessly or why? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because it's like, imagine you're standing in front of a forest you're like you're seeing only the trees but if you have a drone you can fly up above and right. see all of you didn't see what the forest behind there. the trees yeah yeah yes yeah. 
And okay. I was doing it because I was so much, so in depth into this hustling, too much, too okay. in depth. Okay. I mean, we started talking about it a little bit. It's one of my favorite topics. And I think that, I mean, we discussed it in our first episode, and I think that I will discuss it more with other guests, but I'm very interested in this struggle between generations in the generation mm-hmm. gap, because I mean, me and you, we have parents who were born in the Soviet Union. And Soviet Union was a very different place. And many people, especially those people listening to us, don't understand. And that's a good thing that they don't understand what Soviet Union was like and what kind of brainwashing was happening there. I assume that both of our parents are like people who understand us and who really like want to help us. But still, I mean, there's this gap, right? There's this friction, especially when you come to them and say, I want to be an entrepreneur. And more Mm -hmm. so when you come to them and say, I want to be a blogger. I want to be an influencer (laughs) because like uh, entrepreneurship was this new thing on the blog. And a lot of people from older generations, they got used to it. Okay. Be an entrepreneur. But now there's this new thing, content creation. Oh my God. What the hell is that? So, I mean, can you talk to me a little bit about this friction. I mean, we talked a little bit about the loan situation. By the way, did you return the loan or are you in the process of repaying it? In the process. Okay, okay. But uh, I mean, what else is there? I mean, how do you explain to your parents what you want to do, why you want to do it? And I mean, your wife, um, Vlada, I mean, she ditched school, right? Uh, So to do this full time, like what's the story there? So... Vlada wasn't actually wasn't really happy with university and we both saw that this doesn't make sense where she's going because we already had our business so going to where she was at that point didn't make any sense at all uh, and she wasn't happy so I was like just 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 do it yeah just, yeah, just do it just like okay. she, she she needed some time to like get the right mindset to to drop out of university but eventually she did it and she's more than happier that she did it really and for me i think i had i had so much luck because my dad is a freelancer okay and he this is actually how he got uh, and uh, he moved to germany because he was having some freelance projects in ukraine and he had a nine to five here but then eventually after that he also was a freelancer so he could kind what of... What is he unders- doing? I'm, I'm sorry. What is he, he doing? He, he is a, a programmer for Samsung. Oh, yeah, IT. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, IT. And he, he also tried in Ukraine to start some businesses also. So he kind of understood what I'm uh, striving for. But of course, it was a bit different because this whole online business thing and he he doesn't hang out on social media. He doesn't know this whole situation on social media but he's aware of it so he he knows that something is changing and so he's aware of it but my mom not really and so this was hard for example to explain what i really want to do and it was hard to explain what affiliate marketing is it was hard to explain that i would make money from selling my knowledge and building online courses and stuff like that so I don't really know how I did that, really, because I said, oh, yeah, we are working on a travel business. And I I was always saying we work on a travel business in the social media marketing area. And they were like, okay, but they never really asked what I'm doing. So I think I had kind of luck (laughs) in this situation because they never really asked in depth. They were just like, yeah, 
do this thing, but get a real job. <laughs> this is just a, something side hustle fun. Yeah, this hobby. Is a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they never like my dad thought of it that it's something like a startup. He he thought. So he kind of understood it, but, but my mom didn't. She's like, yeah, yeah, do it. It's cool. It's okay, but but get a real job. It's, it's okay, but do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, does your business currently give you the money to live on and does it cover your expenses or not, right now, not quite? R- right now, not quite. This is why I actually also look for new clients and think about an I to five again because we have restructured and think about going more in depth like we had six projects going on at the same time and at the point when we decided to go full in with house of creators i made this whole plan and i saw okay we will need about three four or five months until we get a good traction good traffic and we connect with enough artists to have something sustainable so i like and if I uh, think all the time about getting new clients, this won't benefit me. So this yeah. is the point where I thought about maybe for like six months or so, a nine to five would be good until I leave it again. So I don't uh, look at it now like a nine to five that is killing me. I'm looking yeah. at it right now as a client with who gives me sustainable income for six months or like how long I want to stay there. I don't need to look for clients and I can just work after that um, on House of Creators. Interesting, interesting. Well, good luck with that. But (laughs) let's uh, move on to Pinterest. I mean, you're the only person I know who views Pinterest as a marketing instrument. Well, tell me about Pinterest because when I hear the phrase Pinterest marketing, I don't know what to think. Like, to be honest, and I think that many listeners are similar to me in that way. Isn't it a social media for makeup designers and furniture inspiration? And food, and food. <laughs> no, uh, actually, it's not really a social media. So it's, it's, it has social media features, and it's more of an SEO platform. So it's really similar to Google or YouTube in this way. Because it's it's working with SEO, like 90% of how it works is SEO. And this is where people get confused because they're like, I, I'm i handling it like, like Instagram because visual platform and it doesn't work. And people get off of Pinterest because it doesn't work, but they just don't uh, take the time to really investigate how it works. And Yes, the first thing that you see on it is like makeup, is designs and furniture and architecture and food. But when I started to get into it, I saw like a ton of bloggers on Instagram, uh, on Instagram, on Pinterest. I saw marketers on Pinterest and this actually changed the whole way of me, how I think about social media because after this experience, I also look differently on TikTok, but this is a whole other story. Yeah. And, but this is really what you just said is really what confuses most people because, but only because they don't really take time to get more into it. Because if they would do it, they would really, really uh, fast notice that it's an SEO platform and quite a visually based SEO platform. And it works pretty pretty easy if you if you compare it to instagram uh it, it's really easy to get a get a grip of it 
So most people, uh, you you say that most people use Pinterest as Google, as a search engine, basically. And that's why if you know how to index your posts properly, you can get ahead and basically just get traffic. But okay, I'm a content creator and you know me a little bit, right? I mean, we, we talked for quite some time now. Let's say that I want to gain some additional traffic to my Substack newsletter or my Medium blog. How would I use Pinterest for that? Well, actually, this is the perfect platform to go to in terms of social media because every like every blogger who is somehow into blogging, he uses Pinterest. He okay. or she. Uh, because at first you can, Pinterest is made for bloggers because you can, you have uh, a feature in Pinterest, which allows you to combine blogs from your blog to Pinterest to, so that uh, people see the blog automatically and you would get traffic. Like basically you would just create pins and every pin, which you post on Pinterest has a backlink and this backlink you just get to your uh, Substack or your Medium or your blog, your YouTube, your podcast, anything you want. So basically, I can write a post. For example, I recently wrote a post, uh, seven uh, ways to always have something to write about. Okay, so we, yep. let's take this post as an example. Uh, I take the pick from the post and let's mm-hmm. say that it has like, I don't know, a notepad on it, mm-hmm. on, on the image. And I post it as a pin on Pinterest and I use the backlink as a post, right? Yes, but only 50%. So you also, it's a visually based platform. So you will have to write copy on the pin itself. Okay. So that when people see something, it's like it's inspiration for them. So they have to see on the pin seven ways to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but okay. But if I'm targeting writers, for example, would they use Pinterest? I mean, what what, what kind of uh, quality of this traffic would there be? Because well, I mean, when when I go on Pinterest, like I look for inspiration. Like I don't usually mm-hmm. look for, I don't know, writing ideas. But I can write like I, I can Google uh, not not Google but Pinterest quote unquote writing aesthetic right and uh, like my my post would show up. Is that how it works? Yes, people, actually people look for writing or writing examples or how to write or so, or how to blog for, especially so how to blog, look for, for example. for practical yeah. tips on yeah. Pinterest. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. And this is like keywords like in Google. And if you have this in your description on your pin, your pin will be indexed and will be found and people will find it and people will click. Okay. And, and you guys, you, you coach entrepreneurs of content creators and you help them understand how to use Pinterest. For these not purposes. only but yes also <laughs> could you give us like some one two three like basic advice on how to start if you know nothing about pinterest and you are an entrepreneur or a content creator how do you start using pinterest to drive traffic well first you should really dive deep into pinterest and see how it works for you for a usual uh usual person and then when you understood like kind of a system how it works you you will see that there are group boards you will see that there are pins and then you can create a business account which most people don't i don't know why not but most people don't even create a business account but you have to create a business account on on pinterest yes okay it's kind of like instagram this way yeah 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 okay 
Uh, and b before that, you could create it off the bat, but I think you have now to create a personal account and then convert it into a business account in your profile, like in Instagram it is right now, uh, because the um, business account gives you analytics. So you will see what works, where you get clicks, where you get engagement, where you get impressions. And basically, you just go on Pinterest, you... The best thing to do is reverse engineering others like competitors and others in your niche, how they did it, because this will help you to create group boards because you have boards where you post your pins to, right? Mm. Uh, so you, you can post pins without boards and you have your own boards and you have group boards and pins, boards, group boards, and your profile can be SEO optimized. Mm -hmm. And then you pin, post pins to boards, your own boards, and then you have to look for group boards. So it, a good strategy is also if you find other group boards which are big, you hijack a big community, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you get traffic sense. off the bat without having any followers. So this is why you, get, uh, you can get like 100K uh, traffic, monthly traffic on Pinterest without having even thousand followers and it's completely free yeah it's completely so, free so i mean that's like the ultimate growth hacking uh yep. tool right now i mean but yep. it's not that popular because i mean um you're i mean as i mentioned you're the only person i know who talks about pinterest in this way and it's quite interesting could you share like uh one or two examples in your work or maybe from your personal content of the results that pinterest gave you in certain time frames let's say a month or two months well, back then when we started our travel content creators website, we were literally just learning about Pinterest. So we weren't as good as we are now. And we had already 1,500 monthly visitors after three weeks of just starting our website. So our website was on the web for three weeks. So like if you compare it to SEO, usually people start out with four weeks and you have like, maybe 100 visitors per month we had 10x the amount of that and we had after um after six months we had already uh, about five million impressions on our pinterest account oh wow five million yeah. impressions yeah and yeah. Is, is that per month yeah per month uh, no, oh, no, wow. no, 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 per, uh, per month we had, wait, we had 400K, I think it was. Oh, but so it, course, it's in total, it's cumulative, yeah. okay, average. Okay, yeah, okay, but okay. You, you, of course you have to, to get clicks for them, but there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, and the funny thing is that Pinterest is like, because it's an SEO platform, you get traffic all the way after years. So we're, yeah, and everything without ads. So it's literally everything organic traffic. And the thing is, we don't use our travel content creators page right now for, I think, seven months now or so. I, I didn't really use it. And we still get about 1,000 monthly visitors on it from our pins, which we created back then. Oh, amazing. So you get, yeah, you, you get so many passive it works. traffic. Yeah, it works like an investment. Yeah. I actually yeah. like that approach when you view content as an investment. There was one guy who wrote in our Medium publication, the honest creative publication, that you should write, quote unquote, like Warren Buffett invests. 
And yeah. I think that when yeah. you view like content as a long-term strategy in this way and growth hacking too, I mean, I think it's very beneficial. So yeah, guys, if anybody's listening, definitely check out Pinterest <laughs> and definitely reach out to Genia because he has a lot to tell you about Pinterest. Oh, but yeah. moving on, I mean, I really want to talk about Pat Flynn. <laughs> tell me how you connected to him and what's the story behind you and Pat Flynn. This story is like, this story uh, and, and, shows... and for, for those who don't know who Pat Flynn is, could you just briefly explain uh, who he is and why it's important that we're talking about him? Well, first, if you're a filmmaker or anything, if, if you know Peter McKinnon, you saw that Peter McKinnon uses the switch pod and Pat Flynn is the inventor of the switch pod. This is how oh, wow. he's known right now. Yeah. And he is literally an online business legend because back then in 2008, he started a blog and then he, like, he started many blogs and niche blogs. And this is how he got a legend because he started uh, educating people how to use blogging. And then he started uh, with a podcast and now he has, I think he has over 6 million downloads and he has one of the five best entrepreneurship podcasts out there from what I know. So he's really a legend. So like he, he's on the same level as like Gary V, Amy Porterfield, like everyone is he, they're all like in this <laughs> same size. Yeah. So he, he's like, he's dope. She's just dope. <laughs> okay. Okay. And my story is like, that's actually a story that showed me and I think it shows a lot of other creators out there that nothing is really impossible because uh, he is the reason how I discovered all of that because at some point in like when I started five or six years ago I was like I don't see myself in your new university and in a nine-to-five I, I heard that you can somehow maybe make money, money online or so but <laughs> so many so much scam and stuff like that but yeah let's let's just I heard blogging is cool let's let's just type in how, how made how to make money blogging this is how I discovered Pat okay. I learned everything from him so everything back then I learned about blogging about online business from him and I was like this is pretty easy and how, how he explains it really right and his approach was so amazing that i was with him for all this time because he has this super fan approach everybody everyone who's listening to your podcast perhaps knows about uh, kevin kelly and the thousand true fans yeah 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 article right and pat is like the best example of uh, that it works because um, she created like so many super fans and he's the best example for that because when I back then read so many blogs about online marketing, online business, he was the one where I was like, I, I kind of resonate with him and I feel like he, he really wants to help. So you really felt in this text, like in text that he wanted to help. And when all of this happened, he was thinking like, okay, Corona, many people are losing their jobs. This is what happened to me in 2008 and how I got my online business in the first place. And that is why he started the live stream. And I was like two months already not looking on his YouTube channel because I had my own thoughts going on. And I was like, I want to watch something else on this day. I was like, is this Pat? Is he doing a live stream? Pat never did a live stream. Pat is 
uh, is pretty like he, he's always in his office. He's an introvert, and okay. it's like Pat doing a live stream. This is like going out of his out of his comfort zone for and, him. And he, he was doing daily YouTube live streams. Yes. Okay. And today was day one hundred fifty three in a row. Today. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I was on day two or three. I I, I got I I had to figure out things with the time zone, but on day two or three, I was there every day, every okay. single day, and I liked it so much. I I was like, oh my gosh! I always dreamed about asking Pat something, and now he's live. And like this moment where my name popped up on the screen, and he was like, yeah, Jenya is asking this, and I'm like. Oh my gosh, Pat! Pat Flynn said my name, and like you know, I, I, I dreamed about it, and like it happens kind of different, but it happened, and this was amazing for me. And I stayed with uh, this live stream for every day. I help people uh, every day, but just for the sake of helping, I saw that that I can answer on questions what people asked, and people were like, "Dude, you you helped me so much! You helped me so much!" I was like, "Okay, uh, I didn't know, but..." Okay, I'm okay with that. And I help people and help people and help people and two or three others or five others also help people. And then at some point, uh, Pat started seeing me like all the time because I was every day, all the time for one hour every day there and helping his community. And he started talking about me. He started like talking about others and then At some point, I was writing with him on Twitter, like two messages, but still, he, he wrote me. I was like, is this even real? Pat followed <laughs> me on Twitter. I had less than 70 followers on the new like, Twitter Oprah account. Oprah texted you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like 70 followers. And Pat Flynn was one of my followers, my first followers. I was like, dude, <laughs> dreams come true. And then... She reached out to me and was like, "Yeah, so a 100 episode, and we, I want to celebrate this 100 episodes in a row live stream. And do you want to be as a special guest on my live stream?" And I was like, "This is perhaps the best thing that ever happened in my life after marrying Vlada." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, um, man. Like. You can imagine how I felt like Pat Flynn personally reached out to me and asked me if I want to be a special guest on his live stream. And this happened because I won a signed copy of his book, Superfans. And I posted this copy with his, like, his sign on Instagram. And he saw that, commented, and like reached out to me and asked if I want to, yeah, to be as a special guest. And... I was on his live stream as a special guest talking personally over Skype to Pat Flynn and this was amazing and it literally it, it boosted what I'm doing so much because he literally said that what I'm doing is good like I got feedback from Pat Flynn that what I'm doing is really good she said my YouTube channel is good she said our branding is like incredible And yeah, so it, it changed everything for me. What do you guys talk about? What? What do you guys talk about on the live stream? Actually, about what I'm talking right now with you, about our journey, how we got to House of Creators, why are we doing it, how are we doing it, and 
a whole online business journey like it, it was a short talk but it still was kind of our origin story i would say and it was amazing because uh, i i looked after that on uh, the chat in the live stream and people i i just saw my Vlada's name because we both were on live stream and people like yeah oh it's so great to see your faces the person who's always helping us yeah and, and yeah. it helped to understand this concept of true fans because many of these people i worked with many of them just because i helped them i gave them value and they reached out to me and were like i want to pay you money and i'm like okay pay me money <laughs> <laughs> I, i don't mind <laughs> I, i don't mind yeah yeah uh, and it showed me the the li this the life behind this concept of true fans and super fans because people were grateful for what i did and i just did it because i wanted to help them and they were grateful and they were supporting my youtube channel with commenting my like our youtube channel our instagram our podcast and did all the stuff and also helped us you know and this proves this concept that it is real And this is crazy. And it, yeah, I mean, I, I have two things to say here. First of all, about Pat, like I'm not as deep into his content as you are, mm -hmm. but definitely I noticed the same thing. I mean, he's very passionate about helping people. And yeah. I read his long guide about self-publishing a book and I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the fact that my process, which I designed for myself, was kind of in tune with his process and with how he writes his books because you mentioned super fans, but I think that he solely self-published. I mean, he didn't work with a traditional publisher because he decided to reserve his rights and decided to just keep his book as his own. But yeah, I mean, he has the, these huge guides free, like available for anyone, mm -hmm. like on online courses, on self-publishing a book, on blogging, on, on smartpassiveincome.com. Uh, I think what he's doing is amazing. I think he's a great guy. And I think that a lot of content creators should really learn from him about yeah. providing value first. It's a bit what Gary Vaynerchuk talks about in the jab, 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 right hook. Okay, so you give, 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 and then you ask. But like, to be honest, I haven't seen Pat Flynn ask for anything yeah. <laughs> except, except once like for his book, but it's like what, like 10 bucks. And like when you as an audience, like you receive all this free, cool content, And then Pat asks you to buy his book for 10 bucks. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, you're definitely going to go buy it. Like it's not even, it's, it's out of the question, right? Yeah. I, I, I think it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It is even so funny that we created a video for him, like a celebration video. And I saw in this video, his videographer or not his videographer, but one of the person who helps him. And he's also in this community and in his ba background, there were, five copies of super fans, like five <laughs> copies. Like the, the, the people are not only, uh, first, you don't even have to tell them because like they will uh, look for a possibility to give back. And when you ask to buy something, they won't buy one copy. They will buy 10 copies exactly. and sell these copies or exactly. they will keep them. You explained brilliantly the story of how you communicated with the Pat's community and how you mm -hmm. got seen. And that's actually one of the ways that we connected because when I yep. created this 
little Discord server that we have for the honest creatives. And you started, you were so active, like in the first few weeks. And I was like, oh my God, who is this dude? I mean, he's so <laughs> active. Like, I mean, it, it, like you were more active than I was. Like, because I, I, like my idea was just to create like a Discord server for creatives, just for them to mingle and connect with each other. And you were like providing tons of value. And I was like, oh my God, I have to have this guy on the podcast. So yeah, I mean, Zhenya, th- th- thanks for doing this. And I mean, th- th- thanks for being um, a very active member of our community. <laughs> but yeah, I, you're I definitely, it's fun. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's fun in the end. Yeah, and you're sincere in, in, in that way. And I think that's a rarity as well, because a lot of people can view helping, quote unquote, as a tactic. And then mm-hmm. it's not really, it doesn't really work. I mean, you can help people sincerely and as a tactic like it's it's not, it's not going to be real it's not going to be genuine and like people can see that you started talking about this concept of um, 1000 true fans and the mm-hmm. super fans and uh, the last time you and i talked i mean you got me so inspired about this idea of turning your customers into your sales force could you talk a little bit about that? Because I think it changes um, the perspective and the mindset, not for only for entrepreneurs, for business owners, but for content creators as well. Because really, take a podcast, for example. A lot of people think that a podcast will grow if you have like Oprah and Gary Vaynerchuk's as guests. But in truth, your podcast grows because of your audience, because of your listeners, because you have an interesting conversation. I think that really ties into what uh, you're about to tell us. Could you just tell us about the Superfans concept? Yeah, and in fact, it grows because people can resonate with the person on the other end. So this is also very important because uh, if people see that you really want to help them, but you have like Gary Vee on your podcast... Uh, they're like, okay, Gary Vee's cool, cool stuff, but I can't really, like, he's too far away from me. And if you have people like me or other creators, people really resonate with this because they see he's like one step <clears throat> in front of me. I can reach him. I, I can do the same thing. Yeah. And Superfans is like many companies are hung up on this concept of, like, sales like really sales, uh, but they don't really get what what they are, are selling. So they can only sell because there are people on the other end who buy. And <clears throat> this is also why Apple and Google and Facebook and uh, companies like that are on the top, especially Apple. If you take, for example, Apple is only, and Apple knows that, Apple leverages that, that Apple is on the top because Apple has these true fans who camp in front of the app stores when the new iPhone comes out or they fight for Apple if somebody says Apple is shit and they tell other people, yeah, I have an Apple product because I love Apple and I want to suggest you Apple. And this is how it goes because you don't need to sell and Pat is the best example for that if you have super fans because if you have like literally let's say the i forgot the word no let's say you have one true fan let's take the potential of one true fan companies think like yeah well well, what is one true fan like we get like 10 bucks for him that's nothing we need more we need to make ads and stuff like that but if you think long term this super fan he 
or she loves you so much, he will go out and tell all his network of 30 friends about you. He will tell his friends, his best friends, like, dude, this product, it's so amazing. You have to buy it. Like, I swear, you, you just have to test it. Like, take a look. Imagine what happens. They're like, oh my God, if he's talking like that, I have to check this out. I have to, to look at that product. I, and this will build more true fans. And the second person who looked at that will be the same. And this builds a big network of people uh, who will spread the word for you. So technically, in the end, you just have to, like, let's say as a concept, you have to build only one good, perfect super fan and nurture this fan, and he will build your network for you. You don't have to do advertising. You don't have to do anything. Just provide value. And this whole network of super fans and true fans will build it on its own as long as you help people. And this is where it gets so actually fucked up because companies and like the usual old school mindset is like, yeah, I'm, if I'm help, helping people, I don't get any money. I just get money if I sell. And the economy is changing. Like we are living literally in a creator economy right now because people create stuff because they want to put them put themselves out there and help like literally just help. And this is so mind blowing because only 10 years ago, people were like, I, oh, yeah, I, I can't help people because that doesn't make me money. And now it makes you money. And now you can be, you can really trust in this fact that you can just go out, start your medium account, start your YouTube channel and people will come because they see the help the value that you provide, you just have to focus on the value. You will build true fans and you don't have to, to think about, like I think about growth hacking because I love this topic. I think about viral marketing, marketing because I love this topic. But if you are not into marketing at all, you just have to go out and build super fans because they will spread the word for you. And this is so amazing for everybody, for, for like, for a normal person, because everybody has a story to share that is valuable and content and knowledge to share that is valuable. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, you're the life example of that because <laughs> I don't know like how many people are going to listen to this podcast, but let's say uh, I'm not successful and it's like 10 people, but you just told 10 people about Pat Flynn and you're so yeah. passionate about it. And you're so passionate about his concepts. You just sold Pat Flynn to 10 yeah. new people. I love the idea that if you're not good at marketing or if you hate marketing, that all you need to do is to focus on your super fans, on building one true fan, on nurturing that one true fan, because they are going to go, that one true fan is going to build your whole community, your whole network. But this is one thing that people really uh, confuse, I think. When Kevin Kelly talked about true fans, he talked about true fans, not just fans, because yeah. your followers on Facebook are not your fans. A fan is somebody who is so eager to go and promote you. He's like the evangelist of your personal brand. And I, this I, is, I, yeah, go ahead. This is, this is also a problem is that many people are like, okay, I have, let's say I have 100 followers on my social media and people are always hung up with the number. And yeah. I don't say that the number isn't important at all, but like if you have 1 million followers and these 1 million followers are not fans, they won't buy anything from you. 
you know these influencer stories perhaps but if you have real people let's say 500 people as followers but these 500 people are your biggest biggest fans who will do everything for you like you sell a product for 10 bucks they will buy it you have already 5000 bucks and most people just forget i was also one of them but uh, the live stream taught me otherwise most people forget that on the other end of your email list or on the other end of your following on social media are real people and there is a reason why they click this button follow or there's a reason why they are reading your articles on medium or why they are subscribing to your email um, email newsletter even if they don't answer when you post content they still read it yeah and you should always have that in mind it's not only a robot it's not a number it's a real person behind this number yeah yeah to totally agree with that i love this mentality and I, I love what you said earlier about the economist shifting and that in the 20th century mentality if you could call it that way the capitalist mentality is all about taking 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 for yourself yeah this greedy mindset of squeezing um money out of everything <laughs> you do and uh, right now it's really shifting with content creators and with online entrepreneurs into giving 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 yeah. giving and letting the taking take care of itself this reminds me of casey neistat who came up like I, he had a video i think it was uh patreon ceo who was in this video as well. And uh, he said something like, I just came up with this like, business idea. I don't know what the business model is. We're going to figure it out later. Let's just provide the value first. And I think that's how a lot of new entrepreneurs are building their businesses. They're giving value first. They're creating content first. They're creating a product first. And then they figure out how to make money because really making money is not as hard as it used to be. Right yeah. now, it's, it's, the game is different. It's not about making money anymore. It's about providing the most value. It's about connecting. It's about building those super fans. But I have a question to you. The most important question is, how do you build those super fans? <laughs> Posting. Like, okay, you will, you will have uh, to understand kind of, if, if you go with social media, you will have to understand how social media works so that you get the exposure. So this is where Pinterest, for example, comes in. It's an SEO platform. YouTube is SEO. Instagram is more like keywords. And literally, if you don't understand anything of that, just go out and engage because this is what I did with the live stream. And now I was like, after this live stream, I was like on six podcasts i think or five different podcasts and this also gives me exposure this helps people and people will find me so if you like let's take this as an example really if you don't understand algorithms if you don't understand seo if you don't understand anything about marketing just go out connect with people in groups connect people somewhere and these people they will get in be interested in you and they will check you out they will subscribe and they will bring their network to you because they're like this person shares really valuable stuff 
Well, you, you just made me a bit sad, and I, I, I want to go really but, deep on that yeah. because, I mean, you, you said earlier that uh, to build super fans, you have to provide value, and I agree with yeah, that. I love course, that. Of course, of I, 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 I love the fact that you can provide a lot of free content, and I try to do with my content as well. But when you say engage, like, this, this gets a bit tricky because, uh, like, I'm an introvert myself. Yep. I don't really like... Uh, engaging with with different communities, and uh, when I do that, like I feel as if I'm being a hypocrite. Because like, what if I don't want to engage with this community? I mean, I do want to give a lot of like uh, free content, and I just I'm I'm ready to do it. Like I'm doing this podcast, but I'm not ready like to answer every comment on every blog or medium, yeah. and just like I, I don't want to do that because um, then it becomes a tactic, and I don't want to be it yeah. to be a tactic because then I'm not going to be honest. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you have to engage? If, if so, how, and if not, like why? Well, of course you don't have to. It's okay. like, I said only if you don't understand about anything about marketing or SEO or stuff like that, you could engage. If you're an introvert, I also understand that because I didn't engage until the live stream, I never engaged. But at some point, like if you really, like you, you don't have to engage, you just have to share valuable content because people will come anyway, of course. But as long as you stay true to this audience, it's perfect. If you, if you feel like engaging only with one person, it's okay. If you feel like engaging with 100 people, it's also okay. As long as it's not a tactic but makes you happy and it's com comfortable for you. But the thing is, if you really, really want to build true fans, true fans are fans that know you. They feel they're part of your community. And this happens if you really engage them, if you, with them, if you talk with them, if, they, if you give them the feeling that they are a valuable part of your community. If you not only just give, but really like what, what we do, you know, we talk to each other right now. And this makes me believe that you like me, you know? <laughs> and, I do. <laughs> yeah, right. And this is how it works. So people, people, need, people strive for relationships. They starve for relationships. So yeah. if it's only like you give them, it's kind of like with Pat Flynn or Gary Vee or with the big people. They give content, but they don't engage with too much people because, yeah. of course, the community is too big. Yeah, but yeah, that's how understandable. Do you feel? Yeah. yeah, and how do you feel when this person that that you love his content and this yeah. person calls out your name and you're like, yeah. oh my god, you know? Yeah, and I like personally, I think uh, we discussed this earlier when you're marketing for a company. Uh, a good yeah. idea would be to bring your users on board. And yeah. you told me about two cases, uh, steady, steady cases of Teachable and uh, ConvertKit mm -hmm. that they just bring their users on a podcast and they talk to them. And that way, not only you're building a great product to turn those people into super fans, but you're giving them the amplifier to promote uh, their love for your yep. product to other people. Yeah, that's the perfect strategy. I love that. So really, in a nutshell, provide value and really just care. Because yeah. I think that a lot of people just don't care. I, I, I think that's really important. And I, I think that's a great way to end our conversation for today. I really enjoyed it. Jenya, thank you so much. I have one last question for you. I probably will make this question a traditional question, though I did not <laughs> ask it in my first episode. But I'm really curious... 
what does it mean to be an honest creative to you? An honest creative is, for me, an honest creative is, is what it sounds like. You, I create, I create honest content. I don't want to sell anything. I really want to help people and maybe eventually even help people do what I do and make a living with that because this is what many people are doing it for, of course, but it's a dream to make a living with sharing your knowledge that others find valuable. So just being honest and being a creative. I love that. I, I, this reminds me of one thing that I read in one of Seth Godin's books or interviews or somewhere. He said that his uh, main goal in life is not to become successful, but to make people who consume his content successful. I think that's very interesting oh, because yes. that, that shows you uh, that he is very dedicated to teaching and to transferring knowledge. And you said something similar. Jonya, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before you go, make sure to stop by my daily newsletter on content creation as a career. You can find more at honestcreative.substack.com.